Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks. This is the WP Tonic Show. I am Stephen Souter. My first time leading this show. Got Jonathan Denwood here, and Jonathan will. Old? How do how do you pronounce it? Old's good enough. Got it, man. All right. Uh, Episode 635, 635. It's a lot of episodes. Keeping it coming. Today, we're going to be talking about SaaS and the WordPress ecosystem. It's a big topic, a lot of things to cover, a lot of things to unravel. But before we dive into it, uh, we're going to get a quick word from our main sponsor here. Hi there, folks. Are you involved in the building of new websites or supporting WordPress websites as a freelancer or agency owner? If the answer is yes, we've got a great tool here, Avareen. As you know, you can waste a tremendous amount of time with email or phone tag with your clients around a new WordPress build out or supporting multiple websites. It can be a real pain in the posterior. But with Avarine, you get a central interface where clients can log in and with a easy visual interface, they can show you the changes they require. It's a real game changer and it will save a tremendous amount of time and frustration, not only for yourself, for your team, also, Avareem have given us a great offer. It basically only costs you $1 to try their program. It's really fantastic. If that sounds interesting, go to the WP Tonic website, WP Tonic backlink newsletter, and you'll be able to try this great product, like I say, for just $1. What a fantastic offer. See you soon, folks. All right. Welcome back after the word from our sponsor. Uh, before we dive into the topic of SaaS and the WordPress ecosystem, Jonathan Wood, would you please introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about yourself? It's yes. really strange watching my co-host do the intro. You did a much better job than me. Um, <laughs> I don't know about I, that. I, I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a hosting um, support platform for if you want to build a membership or a learning management system on WordPress we remove all the headaches, um, so your experience is sweet. Over, back over to you, Stephen. Fabulous. Uh, Jonathan, what would you like to uh, introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you got going on? So I've been having fun and causing trouble with WordPress for a little over 16 years now. It's been my, my full-time thing, and I feel like I'm still just getting started. I've, I spent a lot of time in the agency world. I, I started co-founded the SaaS, uh, spent a lot of time in the SaaS world as well. And uh, my most recent uh, uh, corporate gig, I spent 18 months at Woo working uh, at Automatic, which is a great experience. I'm now back out in the world of business. And I recently joined PostStatus. I had a partnerships over at PostStatus. And uh, I'm always doing, looking for things to do in the WordPress ecosystem have a lot of fun with it. And my focus in general is on strategic partnerships, helping companies kind of get connected with each other. And that has me touching a lot of the world of SaaS. Cool. So let's let's dive into this SaaS and the WordPress ecosystem. I think maybe uh, for our listening listeners and viewers, uh, maybe we like quickly define what SaaS is just so we all start on the exact same page. Yeah. So from my perspective, SaaS is software as a service, right? Where it's, uh, and, and in general, the distinction is going to be uh, a problem that's being solved by some software that's not running on your environment, right? Someone else is like, hey, we're taking care of all of it for you. And it will 
you know, you, you give it some input, even if that input is just your credit card information and the output is, you know, whatever problem they're solving for you. And that's in distinction to within our context of WordPress, within this ecosystem, it's like you might have a plugin that you install that does everything locally in your environment. Whereas a SaaS uh, might integrate with your WordPress install via a plugin, but there's something happening on an external server where whatever magic they're offering is happening and it do, does what it does. Got it. So like traditional WordPress, you go out by a plugin, you install it, all of that code, everything that's happening is being executed on your WordPress site. But when we start getting into that SaaS ecosystem, we have some magic or some cool things that are happening yep. off WordPress somewhere else, but like linking back and giving a great example would be one of Jonathan Denwood's favorite plugins, which is Jetpack. And what that <laughs> install Jetpack uh, locally on on WordPress, but it doesn't really do what it does unless it connects to the servers. I yeah. don't. I, I don't think John. You want for the listeners' lack of confusion, call me John. Both of you. Um, I really, Jonathan. I'm sorry. I don't think that was the best example. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Uh, love, lovely, <laughs> lovely people. The jetpack. Um, to yeah. So apart from the jetpack example, this is this is where this might work together in my opinion and I thought you were the right person to have on the show and ask this Jonathan is you know you've got the plugin model you've got the platform WordPress and then you've got all these SaaS yeah. kind of competitive you know because I'm looking at my um, educational membership that's yeah. where I do business in WordPress yep. and our main competitors are the SaaS providers like Kajabi, Teachable, Learnable, they are the competitors, the SaaS. It, it, but where I see maybe interesting possibilities are hybrid between yep. WordPress and some functionality, some things that can be done on a SaaS Yep. But combining, am I talking a load of dribble? So there's actually an important framing context for this. I, I'm glad you brought this up. When, so one of the concepts that I found really helpful is if you think about WordPress as an operating system or creating on the open web, right? Like, so what that, that means is like, if you, if you want to create a thing, like you're going to choose some operating system to work with, right? And we use operating systems to run our computers, our phones. And, and if you're going to build something on the web, you're going to use something to do it. And you got a couple of options. You can use an open source operating system like WordPress. You could use other ones as well, but like, so let's put WordPress in this bucket. And on the other side, you can use a proprietary closed source operating system. Like you could use something like Wix or Squarespace as the operating system for your entire web presence. And that becomes the point that you're going to integrate with. My hypothesis, like what I sort of care about is if you're going to have a presence on the web, if you're going to build a business on the web, you are, there's a big advantage to owning the operating system, right? That, that thing, that thing that you're going to build on, right? And WordPress it's open source. You can do what you want with it. And the ideal in my mind, because SaaSes are great. They provide a lot of value. But at the end of the day, if you're building something, you, you want to think really carefully about, are you, are you comfortable building in a situation where you're just a renter, right? Like if you build everything on that SaaS, then 
it's really theirs and you're just renting it. Whereas with WordPress, you can create this foundation that's yours. Now, if you're going to do cool stuff, in general, like you're going to need to go beyond what WordPress gives you out of the box. Like in the, in the operating system context, very few of us use an operating system without a bunch of apps, right? Like it, it does what it does out of the box and that's great, but most of us get the real value when we install the apps. And in the world of you know, business, a lot of the things that we need like rely on third-party services, right? Like there's, there's a lot of things that can happen behind the scenes. A great basic example is if you do anything in the world of commerce, you're relying on a SaaS to process payments for you in the majority of cases, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of a no-brainer, yet you can have WordPress, WooCommerce, and as your operating system base connected to a SaaS to handle payment processing, connected to another one for security, any number of things. So if you take those different like constructs, it's like, you know, you need an operating system. I argue that it's much better to own the thing that you're building on. And then that takes you to that hybrid model where it's like, okay, WordPress is at my core here. And I've got the flexibility, the autonomy, I've got the community that I'm a part of and all those values. And then for the things that I need to do for my business, then I'm going to find both the native plugins and also the SaaS like integrations that I need to get what done what I need to do. And the the tension for me as someone who like believes in the power of the open web, I think the SaaSs are great. They should do their things. I don't want to see like that. That would be an overall challenge I have with something like a Wix or a Squarespace or even Shopify. Uh, it's great for what they do. I just don't want that to see that become the web. Right. How would how would you draw the line between like what you should own versus what you should just get from a SaaS? Like credit card processing, clearly it's going to be better to let Stripe or PayPal or what whatever other service you're using because you don't want to process payments yourself. Like that's that's a whole legal, yeah. scary area to get into. Um, but let's say we get into um, I don't know, like pulling in like Instagram, right? Yeah. I could buy, there's SaaS things that I could subscribe to that pull in my Instagram feed to my WordPress, yep. or I could get a plugin that does that, or I could build it myself. Like, like where's the line where you think that, no, you should own this or no, like let's, it's better to go SaaS. It's a good question. And the, 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 the cop-out answer is that it depends. However, like here, here's how I tend to think about it. The decision one is at the operating system level. And, and, and part of this, it's not black and white for me, right? Like as much as I love WordPress, it's like there's plenty of folks like, yeah, awesome. Squarespace, if that's going to do exactly what you need, great. I want people to just th- to think consciously about it, right? Yeah. Like if you're just putting up a site, it doesn't really matter that much. If you're building a business or, or you're doing something where like you expect it to grow, then, then you really want to think like open source is the closest that we get to this concept of ownership short, short of just making something up from scratch ourselves, yeah. right? So the way that I think about it is like decision one is the operating system. And for most folks, if you're building a business, that's where I think it it's becomes a, an increase in priority. If not at the early stages, at some tipping point stage in the business, you're going to be like, hey, uh, one of the things I was interested to find a couple of years back, I was talking to someone who focuses on buying and selling sites and WordPress sites are worth more than other sites. Really? Just in general, like there's a premium because of that ownership component and the size yeah. of the ecosystem, right? It's like, yeah. it's a known commodity. It's like, okay, we don't have to deal with like, can you imagine like trying to sell a company that you built on a SaaS? There's a yeah. dependency there. Right. Like you, you can do it all the time, but there's a dependency there that it has to be a factor in the calculus. 
of the value, whereas if it's open source. So decision one is that operating system piece. Then from there, a lot of it comes back to like where the value lies, like it's a value exchange, right? So in general, I do favor you know, native things that you can install that, that are just less complex, right? Or if it's got good support, et cetera. Um, but then th there's questions about what's most valuable to your business. Is, is it core to your proposition? Like there might be situations where it's like, okay, no, we really need to have as much control over this as possible. So we're going to focus on native, which gives us the ability to like do additional development if we need to and really fine tune it. If it's not that core, you might be like, hey, let's not waste any time on this. Let's have a SaaS that just takes care of this part for us that integrates at a nice level. So that there's a fair amount of the questions you have to ask yourself. But the starting point for me is, okay, what's the operating system? Because then you have a lot of flexibility in your decisions. That's a great delineation between like, is it core to your business? Like the far, the, the more removed it is from core to your business, the probably less it matters if you're using a SaaS or not. The more core it is, the more ownership matters. Um, and yes. where that line falls for everybody, it's different, but like, that is like a rule of thumb is a good way to start. Yeah. And, and on that point of ownership too, I just add that like, for instance, payment processing is going to be core to a lot of businesses. That doesn't mean that you need to own that part. Right. But it's like, it just needs to be a conscious question mm -hmm. because like you could, you could be relying on a SaaS that's quite core to your business. Part of the reason why I advocate for WordPress at the heart is that in the, in the worst case situation, you can still change out that SaaS. Right. Yeah. So it's it's totally fine to rely on a third party for what they need for what you're needing. But then the closer it is to the core of the business, the more consciously you want to think about your options. It, it, um, I think, but in truth, before we go for our break, um, I think there's even a worse scenario than choosing WordPress, the operating system, or SaaS. That they're what I call. WordPress enclosed gardens. Uh, that's my own term. And I'm going to, I know you don't like doing this, Jonathan, but I'm actually going to use an example in the WordPress system of what I consider enclosed garden. And, but don't get me wrong, they're fabulous people and they run an ethical business. And the head, the um, CEO is a fantastic marketer. But my example is Fry Themes, Jonathan, um, where for understandable reasons, they've bought, they, in my opinion, have built a enclosed garden where you get all the overhead of an operating system, i.e. you have to host it, you have to make sure all these external plugins work. So you've got all the, you've got all the, kind of aggro of WordPress. Um, but you you but also they built a kind of SaaS enclosed garden. So you've also got the restrictions of SaaS. So they they've managed to build something that you're you get in the pain from both sides. Do you think there's anything to what I've just said? I need to understand more about the specific. Uh, so, what's an example of how they've restricted what you can do with WordPress? Well, they are their idea is they you know they got this suite of plugins. Yep, of course, yeah. That um, kind of help you build a membership or a kind of setup that click funnels have been so successful for. But you have to, and all their plugins integrate, 
Yep. And you can buy this total bundle. Um, and then um, they don't, they've changed it. They've made kind of public statement. They issued a kind of global plugin that has a much more open API. Okay. But before this public announcement that they made about a month, two months ago, they had a very limited ability, you had very limited ability to get their plugins to communicate and work with other WordPress plugins. So yeah. So so on the one hand, I'm a huge fan of people building like hosted solutions on WordPress, like WordPress as a service businesses, right? I, I think there's so much opportunity there. And there is a degree to which I don't uh I don't care. Like I don't care if the if the people using it know that it's on WordPress, which could mean things like they could make a version. Like I think you can build a SaaS on WordPress that like removed the plugins from from the admin, right? Like someone couldn't, so they couldn't install more. I think you're missing out on some of the benefits, but there's a benefit exchange to talk about there. So I don't I don't have any fundamental issue with any of that, and I think it's it's great. I. In general, I think some folks will do that. It's a little bit short-sighted because you're missing out on some of the... Like, for instance, someone who would create a hosted version of WordPress that didn't allow any plugins to be installed is probably they're addressing a symptom, right? Which is that, like, it's such an open... Like, you could install something that could create a mess. So they think, all right, we're going to protect you by restricting this, right? And simplify. You're only going to be able to work with plugins that work with each other. I don't have a fundamental problem with that. I think it's just... I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's what we do at WP Tonic to some extent, yeah. is that we we provide a whole suite of plugins that we think are best, best of breed. And you probably and, don't want clients installing things that are... Well, we, we, we ask them not to. You know, yep. some you know some want admin access. Others, that they get a kind of super editor where they don't have to deal with all the crappy updating and all some of the marketing crap that you have to deal with if you've got admin access. But all these people, we ask them, you know, if you've got a plugin, come to us, let us look over it. And if it doesn't make the whole thing unstable, we're we're more than happy to install it and to support it. So I think our position where I was attacking Fryfeme is that their plugins don't work that easily with other plugins. Yeah. And then I think you're getting, you're in the the worst of both worlds. You're yeah. in a kind of quasar SaaS model and then a quasar word. You're in the worst of yeah. both worlds, you know. Here's the one thing I care about uh, that that I think is is quite short-sighted. So I'm totally fine if someone doesn't mention WordPress or kind of whatever, because for early on, people don't really care about that. Um like you could build a a walled garden in WordPress. If you're going to be like, I, I suggest the ideal though is give people a clear path to getting out if they want out. Like that's that's the thing that SASs yeah. don't do well. And I think it's like, hey, you can make your garden as tight and restricted as possible, but make their being there merit based. If they want out, give them the ability to get out. And that's if you do that, then you've got my full. Like, awesome. Be as tight and restrictive as you want. But that's the part of the magic of WordPress. You need to also give them the ability to leave. Yeah. The the idea of owning owning the data and owning, like, the stuff that you create. All right. Sorry. Uh, We got to head to our break, uh, but we'll be back and we'll dive even more into SaaS and the WordPress ecosystem. 
Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, Backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. All right, coming back from our break. Um, if you head over to WP Tonic, you will see an uh, email subscription area where you can sign up and get awesome deals from our uh, sponsors, um, as well as Launch Flows and other WordPress plugins. Um, so sign up and stay on top of the news of WordPress and get some great deals as well. Uh, so let's dive back into SaaS and the WordPress ecosystem. Um, Something that I think is interesting is we've started seeing more and more companies get into WordPress and creating plugins that augment their SaaS um, systems. Some do it really well. Some, you know, seem like they're kind of trying to figure out what what does that look like? Like, I don't understand the WordPress space because the WordPress, I feel like people that build WordPress sites and are really deep into WordPress are kind of a unique breed of people that view the world and kind of, you know, slightly different than what I would say, like a very corporate SaaS uh, business coming into that may be viewing things. Um, if there's someone that's looking at how do I take my current business and build something for that WordPress world so that people will pick up on my SaaS and get that integrated in WordPress, like how does somebody start thinking through that? Uh, what should they build? How should they build it? Kind of keeping in mind like the ownership of data and that this is important to people in WordPress, um, but also that the SaaS has to make money and you need people to subscribe at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so there, I find it helpful to start with the why and just to make sure that it's in case it's not obvious, right? Because I've had conversations with SaaS folks where it wasn't obvious. And the starting point is there's a very good chance that 40% or more of your customers are using WordPress, right? So that, that's part starting point one. Like, why should you care about this? If you, if you have a SaaS that touches the open web in any way, there's a good chance that a majority of your customers, like, are in terms of what they're using, the majority are using WordPress. So out of the box, that's a reason to care. If you're going to give your, your customers the best like experience, you need to be thinking about that integration. So it's great for your existing customers to serve them better. And it's probably one of the best paths to acquiring new customers. Now I'm making some assumptions, right? Like it's a SaaS that touches business that, that touches the open web in some way. If you're in that category and a lot of SaaSs are, then the starting point is like, Hey, WordPress should be a priority now. Now, and this is what I love about it is that WordPress for most folks, if you don't know it, because there's not some big like marketing force behind it, like it's very easy to just overlook how big the ecosystem is, like just how much there is to it. And that tends to be the, the conversation I'll have with SaaS folks. It's like, oh, wow. Like they, like I had no idea. And it's like, yeah, it's not, unless you know to look for it or unless you're paying attention, 
then it's just easy to overlook because of how decentralized it is because of that sort of open source ethos. So the starting point is like recognize, hey, this matters and is worth resources. At this point, you don't have to convince most folks that like if it's if it's applicable, they should have a native iOS app or an Android app, right? A lot of them, a lot of folks will waste their efforts on that, but like if, <laughs> if it's applicable, then yeah. it's kind of a no-brainer because that's where your customers are. And if you're B2B, especially, there's a really good chance that your customers like WordPress is a priority. And accordingly, from a resource investment perspective, I think that's the key point that I'm I'm going after. It's like just like you'd dedicate resources to making a good native app for like iOS or Android, do the same for WordPress, like treat it as a priority because of the size of your customers that are there currently. And also the growth opportunities that you have in the ecosystem. So that's step one from there, man. And this is a little bit of speaking to us as an ecosystem. Uh, It's, it's kind of, it's not easy. Like we don't make it very easy to create great, like if you don't know WordPress well, because if we if we just sort of took a survey of some of the top plugins in WordPress, for those of us who know, it's like, okay, yeah, this one does a great, this one feels great. It's native feeling, like they do a good job and we could point to ones that don't do as well. But a lot of that's inside knowledge today. Mm-hmm. And one of the opportunities that I see for us broadly that I'm passionate about is like, man, we have to standardize more of this not, not not by forcing, but by merit of like saying, hey, this is what, like, what does it look like to have a design system for WordPress where someone who doesn't know WordPress could come in and make a plugin that feels native? Like one of the things I've seen is like SaaS companies who are very well-meaning, who'll put a bunch of resources in and they'll make like a plugin for WordPress that just doesn't feel native. It's yeah, like, like it could look super cool. Like, like wow, this UX or UI yeah. is awesome. But like, I don't want to hop into something that looks completely different and buttons are who knows where and have to yeah. live. And, and, and it's like, and what's the alternative for a lot of them? Like the reality today, and and I'm hoping it gets better quickly is that you kind of have to know someone <laughs> like you either find an agency who's used to doing or find some freelancers, or you could like tell your team like, Hey, let's go look at these plugins and sort of copy what they're doing. It's open source. You can do that. Um, but it, it takes some, it takes some like personal guidance. We don't have, really strong, like there's not a design system that you can just go into and you know, use as a starting point. It's a, it's a bit of a mess. So I'll jump to the guidance there for assess is once you've recognized the value, uh, and if you're listening to this, you're already at an advantage because you've taken steps towards like into the connecting to the community, which is that point, right? Like you got to ask around you, you show up in, you know, whatever, you know, not word camps right now, because there's not a lot of that happening, but you figure out ways to get into the community. I'll plug my own poststatus.com, like figuring out ways to find folks that you can ask and get that guidance. And for us as a community, we need to make it easier for folks. They shouldn't have to know someone to, to figure out how to do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, over to you, Jonathan. Yeah. Just a quick question before we wrap it up and we go into the bonus content. Um, about two weeks ago, I went to Portland for a conference, a live conference, Jonathan, held by Rob Wiling at, at uh, a microconf. And they had one of their speakers was a Georgian girl, and he's the founder, Rayleigh, um, which built their business on Shopify. It, it, by my memory, it added um, a better shopping cart experience. Nice. Um, well, it was nice, but then he was describing he um, still runs the business, but he's put a, a C, 
a person in as the CEO because um, Shopify uh, went to him about a few months ago and said, well, we're not going to allow you to get any new users. Ah, because they with their own product, their own cart. Because we're going to go into your yeah. space now yeah. and we're not going to put you out of business, but it's not going to, you're, yeah. you're not going to get any new people, right? Which effectively and, won't put you out of business. Yeah, effectively. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that's the words they use. The he's he's got a very good relationship with the Shopify people. I, I understand they're quite nice people. They're not all, as I would put it, ball crunchers. Uh, um, but uh, um, and then I I asked him a question. I said, on reflection, would you have you know should if you have built something on the WooCommerce platform. Mm. And he said, on reflection, it would have been a much better idea for my company yeah. because I've, I'm looking at new possibilities and we're going to keep my mm. 25, 50 people that work. And, um, but I'm looking at new possibilities. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they should learn from that, shouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, it, again, it can be great. Like I'm, I'm not fundamentally opposed to any of these SaaSs and the renting platforms, right? Like they can provide a lot of value. There's a lot of benefit to it. At the end of the day though, I, I want people to ask those questions. Like, am I okay? How far am I willing to build on this? How much confidence do I have in the fact that I can't control what's going to happen and the rules that can change? And as long as you're comfortable with the answers, awesome. I think a lot of folks haven't asked that question. And if you ask that question and it's like, okay, where is this going to go? Then that ownership concept, I think becomes a lot more relevant. And for a lot of folks, they're just, they were, they're not, many people, for instance, don't know how big Woo actually is compared to Shopify because Shopify kind of gets all the attention. Well, it's a bit like just to wrap it up before I throw it over to Stephen and we, and we wrap it up and I'm going bonus. I, I think Shopify is fantastic. I think Kajabi is fantastic for the right yeah. person. Yes. But they're very, very good at their propaganda. And I think yeah. WordPress just isn't very good at their it's propaganda. Not. Good. It, it's those marketing budgets. You got to have that budget to put up the billboards. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it is interesting what, what you brought up, uh, John, about um, like Shopify shutting somebody off. I, I was talking to a company fairly recently that does stuff in the guns and ammunition space. And um, they were getting some flack from Shopify. And regardless of like your moral views on guns and ammunition and stuff, just, just the idea that like you can build a large business that's doing thousands and thousands of dollars of revenue a day. And then because of what, whatever sentiment in the world has changed and moved, there's somebody that controls the key that can turn you off if they want to. I got to tell you, in my experience, um, one of the things that that I have to deal with in WordPress is that there are sites on WordPress that I wish didn't exist. Yeah. And, and I'm happy that they have the ability to exist, right? Like that, there's that give and take, right? Like that's the other side of this open web. And, yeah. and I think it's it's important because, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it, I it, think you're so right, Jonathan, because, you know, if you really believe in freedom and purity, it's yeah. not the it's not defending the people that you like and agree with. It's defending the right of people to speak that have views that you fundamentally don't agree with 
to some, it, there has to be boundaries like in anything. Yeah. But, you know, there are some people's views that I just won't mix with because they're so extreme and so immoral, in my opinion, that I, I don't want anything to deal do with them. But there's a broad band, isn't it? It's defend, you know, it's it's really defending the people that you really think they've got really crappy ideas, but they've got the right to express them. They, they, they do, whether I like it or not. Yeah. It's time to wrap it up, Stephen. For the right. podcast. Go ahead, Stephen. <laughs> well, thanks guys for joining us. Uh episode 635 of the WP Tonic podcast in the books. Uh thanks, Jonathan Wood, for joining us. Um, we will be hopping over to bonus content, though, which you can catch on the WP Tonic Facebook page and the YouTube page, uh, which will uh, keep talking about SaaS and WordPress and specifically uh, around can somebody build a SaaS solution on WordPress itself and use WordPress to power that. Um, Jonathan, would uh, could you tell us how we can find out more about you, where we can uh, follow you and get more information about what you do? I assume you meant Wold. Wold, sorry. Yes. Uh, yes. Jonathan I'm also up on Twitter and I highly recommend for those who want to stick around for the bonus content. I've got some uh, strong takeaways to give you. All right. And John Denwood, uh, where can people find you? I, I must be affecting Jonathan because he's been on the round table show a few times. My influence must be affecting Jonathan. He, he actually looks at me in, in, a, in amazement. He's still prepared to come on it, aren't you, Jonathan? Uh, but you look at me like, did he actually say that? Um, well, if you're interested in building a membership site and keeping ownership um, for yourself and using all the power of open source, um, go to the WP Tonic and um, we remove the pain of building membership websites um, on WordPress. Back over to you, Stephen. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. And if you want to tune into the bonus to- uh, content, head over to the WP Tonic Facebook page or uh, the YouTube channel and check it out there. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 